Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was raised up believing I was somehow unique Like a snowflake distinct among snowflakes Unique in each way you can see And now after some thinking I'd say I'd rather be A functioning cog in some great machinery Serving something beyond me But I don't, I don't know what that will be I'll get back to you someday soon You will see And welcome to No Filler the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. I've got my brother Travis with me, as always. And today we are diving into Fleet Foxes, 2011 release, Helplessness Blues. Um, Travis, I know you're excited. I just want to hear your sweet voice before I fucking keep talking. Oh hey, how's it going? <laughs> Q, what'd you think of my um my solo episode that I was that I had dude, to release? Man, you're just looking for me to pat you on the back. You saved us, dude. You saved us. Um something happened last week when we recorded our sidetrack episode for the Black Sabbath. My recording was all fucked up and it turns out my MacBook is just flipping me the bird, dude, because I can't figure out what's wrong with it. I cannot record on it right now. So right now I'm recording on my other laptop. I'm using Ableton right now. I sure as hell hope that it sounds good because if not, we're in deep shit. I mean, Ableton is legit, dude. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. I thought you were using Audacity for a second. Hell no. Okay. No, dude. Yeah, you should be Um, fine. So anyways, the reason I wanted to just hear your voice real quick because i'm going to talk a little bit here and we're going to dive right into our what you heards because we got a lot to cover today um on this album there's a lot of clips i want to play um i'm not going to get into it now but um let's start with you dude let's 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 listen to what you've been what you've been heard and <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, this is what I've been. What you heard, dude? What you been listening to this week? This is what I've been hurting to lately. Uh, so I've actually been sitting on this one for uh for a while because we did our heavy metal episodes, right? And this guy would not be appropriate to play for the Black Sabbath episode. So I had never heard of this guy uh, up until maybe a month ago. He is a singer songwriter. Um, he uh, pretty much started in the early 2000s, right? But he has a very like eclectic mix of sounds that he like. I, I went back and listened to his earlier stuff, um, and like he's kind of all over the map, especially with this this album that I'm going to play a, a a clip from. This guy's name is Cass McCombs. Have you ever heard of him? Okay, I've heard the name, but I can't say that that I know what what he's up to. Okay, yeah, I'm, I like I said, I had never heard of him before. But um, I think I'm trying to figure out how how I came across him. But it was a um, it was a related artists shuffle on Spotify, and I can't even tell you what the what the artist is that I was listening to. But anyway, I'm just gonna get right into it. So he had a album that came out in 2016, which is his latest album. He hasn't released any material since then, and it's called Mangy Love came out in 2016 the song that i'm playing for you is the first track on the album and it's called bum 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 and you'll know why it's called that in just a second anyway here we go this is called bum 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 by cass mccombs Oh, 
Delightful. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I'm, I was drawn to him immediately uh, for his lyrics. I just, you know, you can tell, you can, you can tell when you're listening to a, a singer songwriter uh, when, when they're a lyricist, you know, like you can immediately sense that like, you know, the way that they're putting words together and the way that they're, they're phrasing things and, and whatnot. Oh uh, yeah, dude. That's man. That ties in really well. Exactly. Robin Pecknold and Fleet Foxes. Man. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's one of my main draws to Robin Pecknold as a musician is yeah. just the way he tells stories through his songs. And Same. Stuff. So anyway, um, uh, dude, yeah. So this is Cass McCombs. Cass McCombs. Yeah. Okay. So this is what, this is what he goes by, right? Like this. Is... Yeah. That's his name. That, that's, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I loved it, man. It reminded me of, I don't know. It kind of had a clientele vibe in the way that he sings. Not so much like the guitar yeah. the composition, anything else like that. Yeah. Also, um, a band that no one else knows about probably, but this, it kind of reminded me of youth group too. I don't know if I agree with you on that one. Okay. Youth I, group. Just, the, just the way that he's saying. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can, voice, I can hear, honestly. I can hear a little bit of, um, Clientel. Clientel. I mean, Clientel has got that thick English accent. Right. When he sings. But yeah, I mean, it's more of a soft, like Cass McCombs has a softer delivery, at least on this song. Like I said, he's all over the map on this album. Yeah. Um, so but, I know, know this guy's been around for a while. When when did this? Yeah, this came out in 2016. This is his latest album, but he goes back to 2001. And so like, what's interesting is he he's kind of been like a supporting act as far as like the bands he's toured with, he's never had his own uh, headlining tour, but listen to the bands. Oh, really? he, yeah. Listen to the bands that he's, he's performed with or toured with Ariel pink cat power band of horses, Andrew bird, arcade fire, the shins, iron and wine, the Walkman. So like, wow. Pretty wow. much all the bands from that era, the early two thousands, the era that you and I, have such an affinity for like this guy was like just kind of a circling around like the out the outset of that you know what i mean yeah so so if you're a fan of of these bands chances are you've yeah you may have seen this guy cast mccombs live yeah you may if you if you saw any of those bands that i mentioned back in the early o's you may have seen mm-hmm. cast mccombs open for him and, and maybe forgot or, or didn't realize it. so can you what you've been hurting <laughs> i appreciate that brother so um I've been listening to um, this guy. His name is Christian Matson. He's from Sweden. He goes by uh, the tallest man on earth. And I've been getting back into him lately because I picked up a, his uh, debut album, Shallow Grave. Um, I honestly didn't think in a million years that I would find this album uh, as an LP anytime soon. That's one of the greatest. Uh, that's one of the greatest uh, moments in any any uh, record collector's life. Q. I know, dude. Seriously, like especially when you stumble think. upon it in, in the wild. You know, you're just like, Whoa, yeah, there it exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you know, so I've been going back and listening to his other albums. Uh, he's one of my favorite singer songwriters of the last decade. Um, there's just something about him. Uh, for me mainly it's it's so his voice is very unique and and what and his lyrics are very personal and um i mean just like robin pecknell dude i mean we're just we're just bringing artists for our what you heard's that that tie in really well with fleet foxes 
and yeah. that and and his guitar styling is it's very unique he does a lot of finger picking um and so i'm not a guitar player but i i'm you know a lot of what he does is it is it's a lot of very unique tuning of the guitar as well a lot a lot of uh you know very similar to to what nick drake did um so uh this album is called there's no leaving now it uh came out in i believe 2012 yeah and uh the track i'm gonna play for you is called leading me now and it's track three on the record guitar and okay. his voice i could take or leave yeah dude so here's the thing man i i remember the first time i heard christian um it was a while ago dude and and i remember i sent you a song of his and you said the same thing so i didn't like it back then yeah you didn't like his voice at man. least i'm consistent you know i guess um and that dude i mean that's a that's a running theme on this podcast dude one of us either hates or loves a band and it's because of the the singer and the way that they sing the reason i love christian matson i i love the tallest man on earth so much is because of his voice dude he's just it's you know it's all the imperfections and it's just really like vulnerable and it's just out there it, it just feels like every song of his that i hear feels like like a a home recording like a diy it's just him and his and his guitar, you know. Yeah. Um, I just love him, uh, and that's fine, dude. You don't have to enjoy his music. Yeah, we 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 know all about um, disagreements on voices from <laughs> yeah our our Sabbath episode, so that's fine. Yeah, just wait, man. We got a few episodes that we're planning on doing in the next the next couple of months that that we're really gonna be <laughs> we're really gonna be getting into it, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so hey, dude, let's go ahead and just get into it, man. So there's four songs that I want to share from this album today, um, and we got a, a couple clips. I think at least two clips for each of them. Well, not at least. We have at most 
two clips from each of these. But um, we got a lot to cover today. So let's talk about Fleet Foxes a little bit. Um, I don't know. So I don't know where to start. I don't know if we want to really like dive into their history that much. But if you don't know Fleet Foxes, this is a band um, lead frontman, singer, songwriter. His name is Robin Pecknold. Uh, they're a band based out of Seattle, Washington. And, um, I mean, what would you call them, dude? I mean, folk. They're a folk band for sure. So let's here are the here's what their Wikipedia page lists out: indie folk, Americana, Baroque pop, folk rock. Baroque pop, I like because yeah, Pecknold. I don't really know his background as far as like like his musical, like his education, you know. But I feel like I don't know. The word Baroque just makes you think. Like, you know, I mean, classical, right? Um, and when you think that, you think classically trained. And when you listen to a Fleet Foxes song, you know, there's a lot to it. It, You know, it seems like he's very humble. Like, when you when you listen to him in interviews, and um, I was actually just watching a live clip of them the other day, I think from this year, actually, uh, at this Pitchfork Music Festival, they had this horn section, uh, this group of musicians that they had that was touring with them, and uh, he kind of introduced them like halfway through the set after they had been playing a few songs with them, and he said, um, you know, he's like, uh, let's give it up for these guys, you know, the we've got some real musicians up on here for once. Hmm. You know, so this is a guy that doesn't think too highly of himself. He's very critical of himself as a songwriter and as a musician. But well, when you that, listen to a Fleet Foxes song, it is very um, complex musically and like harmonically. You know? Yeah, yeah. The fact that he he doesn't consider himself a real musician is almost laughable. Yeah. You know, it, right? Exactly. Because right. the yeah, because yeah, he writes he writes such beautiful music. But yeah, not not only is he like critical of himself as a musician, but obviously or it's obvious through his lyrics that he's also very uh, like introspective and like vulnerable just uh, you know, when he, when he reflects on his life as a whole, you know what I mean? And that's, that's why you yeah. connect. That's why I connect with his lyrics so much. That's why I like his lyrics so much. Cause you, you feel like you're, you're connecting with, with him, Robin Pecknold, you know what I mean? Yeah. So let me, let me say this dude. So with, with what you're saying there, I agree and I feel like that didn't really happen until Helplessness Blues. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, well, so so I, I was listening to some interviews as well, um, and he was he was saying that Helplessness Blues, the way that it, or the reason that it comes off the way that it is, as far as like being very like introspective and whatnot, is because you know they came out with their first album and saw huge success, and then they go into the studio to write this next one. And like, he's sort of reflecting on what has happened to them in the last like year or two or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why it's coming off that way because he himself is becoming very like reflective and vulnerable because all the success has just been thrown on them, you know, and now they see themselves in this situation that they didn't think that they would be in so quickly. Yeah. So, 
it's, yeah, yeah, especially it, with with their, I mean, their 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 genre of music, really. You know, like who would have thought back in? I mean, okay, so when did so their their um, self titled came out in two thousand eight. I feel like they jump started the folk revival. I guess you know. I mean, like yeah. I mean, if you think about it. Like, that when did Mumford the, and Sons fucking jump on the scene? I mean, I, ugh, dude, I don't, I'm not a big fan of them. But, me neither. You know, like, I feel like that was around the same time, and I don't know who came first. No, nah, man. Like, well, no, nah, actually, you're right. Yeah, it was about the same time. It was around the yeah. exact same time. So, yeah, this is just, that was just the time for, for, for that kind of music. Yeah, that's probably why Philippe Foxes saw the huge success that they did, because we were just, we just had an appetite for that kind of music for some reason back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah we, did, we had talked about with Kings of Convenience how when they were doing stuff in the in the earlier 2000s, like 2003, 2004, that was when that quiet is a new loud type movement was happening with right with right. Uh, with the quieter, uh, you know, acoustic type songs. And so like, like Peter Bjorn and a, John and yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and man, what are they called? Um, Bell and Sebastian and all of them. Yeah. So this is just yeah. I feel like this is this comes from that as well, you know. Yeah. So I think uh, what I want to do is just play our first clip real quick and then go from there because so, okay. I'll, let me just say that I've listened to this album at, at least four times all the way through in the last week. Um, it is so Philly Foxes have released three albums in the last decade. Um, it takes them a while to to come up to to release albums because partly because Robin Pecknold is so particular with with recording and and with all that he's very critical of himself you know well he also took uh, a hiatus after this album and he went he went back after to, this album yeah, yeah yeah he went back to school for a little bit yeah so so they just came out with an album what was it last year yes uh, crack up crack up yeah yeah, and that's growing on me, and it's you know it's it's really hard to pick, but there's just something about Helplessness Blues. Um, it's it's there's just something about it, dude. I, I, I it's still my favorite uh, Fleet Foxes release to date, and it's mainly because of the lyrics. Um, so let's start with with our first clip. Actually, we're just gonna play the song all the way through. It's it's pretty short. This is the first track on the album. Uh, it's called Montezuma. So now I am older than my mother and father when they had their daughter. Now what does that say about me? Oh, how 
right, so that's the opening track on this album. Right off the bat, dude, the lyrics, one of my favorite lines that Robin Pecknold has, has come up with so far, dude. I just love the first line. Um, he says, so now I am older than my mother and father when they had their daughter. Now, what does that say about me? I feel like for us at at the age that we are, dude, like I feel like that's the reason this resonates so much with me because we're pretty much the age that our dad was when he had us, right? We are. He was born in 1956. We were born in 87. So yeah, 31. We're, You're right. We just turned 31, man. Like, yeah, um, you know. You know, it's the same thing that probably a lot of people in our generation, especially, uh, have that have that uh, thought in their head. Especially when, when you consider that a lot of people in our age group are waiting much later to have children, right? Yeah, for for one reason or, or another, you know, I mean, it's just yeah, for for a lot of us, it's just not on our radar right now at this age, and we're not going to get into that, man. No, but no, like, no. Um, you know, and that's something that 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 he has talked about in a few interviews he talks about quote throwback bands you know where they're you know it's like it's it's a traditional folk sounding band right like yeah but yeah uh, i feel like the i feel like the the word folk gets kind of tossed around anytime you hear an acoustic guitar you know what i mean yeah but i but um i i agree that that's what you call them i just you know they are more than just a uh a folk band, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, but, but Hey, let's, let's, I want to, I want to read more of these lyrics because I okay. am just as in love with that line as you are. But I also like, uh, the second verse, he says in death or in excess, both the slave and the empress will return to the dirt as naked as when they came. I wonder if I'll see any faces above me or just cracks in the ceiling. Nobody else to blame. I love oh. that. I love that man. Yeah. It's beautiful. He's talking about he, he's talking about dying. He's reflecting on his death. He he was probably what in in 2011 he was 20 24 25. He was 25 because he was born in Yeah, not even that old, dude. Yeah, no, but he's, like he's talking about well I see he's essentially asking thinking about the afterlife. He's saying am I going right. to see faces above me or am I going to just see the cracks in in cracks in the coffin basically is what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. I love that. No, line, and man. It's, so it's, and it's dude, and and this theme poetic. pops up again and again throughout this album. Um it's it's basically Robin Pecknold at what well, you said he's probably about 24, 25 when he was writing these lyrics. Yeah. Actually, you know what, dude? The, he was writing these songs like 3 years even before they released this album. Around 2008, 2009, like he was writing these lyrics right after the release of Third they're uh, self-titled anyways yeah you know you're in your 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 early to mid 20s it's almost like he's thinking he's he's reflecting on his life as though he's at a midlife crisis but he's still really young you know and it's like is this is this what it's gonna be for me is there any turnaround like is is this is there, you know, can I change my life around at this point or, or, or am I stuck in my ways? Like, you know, that comes up a lot. So I'm going to read some lyrics from a few tracks that we're not going to play today just because I love the lyrics so much throughout this album. Um, 
before we jump to the next one. So, um, what track is this? Track uh, eight on the album is is called Lorelei. Uh, we're not we're not playing this song today, but I I love uh, the lyrics. Uh, the first first line in this song is so. Guess I got old. I was like trash on the sidewalk. I guess I knew why. Often it's hard to just sweet talk. I was old news to you then. I just I just love that song, man. Yeah, it's a and great I love song. those lyrics. Um thinking of yourself like trash on the sidewalk. But this is coming from a guy that's in his early to mid twenties, right? Like, you're not old, dude. You know, I just I just love that he's in that mindset while he's writing this album, you know? Yeah. Again, he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's very vulnerable and he doesn't, uh, what I like about him is that he, he doesn't shy away from, from putting those emotions down on paper and then turning them into songs. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to throwing them into the throwback bands category, but he says, you know, we're kind of different than that in the sense that most of our lyrics are very personal and contemporary. It's not like, quote, let's end the Vietnam War. You know, he's kind of like bringing yeah. back those those folk bands from the 60s and 70s, right? Um, their lyrics are not like that. His lyrics are very personal, and uh, I, I couldn't find this um, interview again. I, I had read it once before, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't find it again to, to quote it, but he was interviewed again um around the same time uh and he's talking about this uh kind of theme uh throughout this album where it is very personal but he felt like this is something that our generation could really relate to um because we are very self-reflective you know yeah like like he's saying it's not about like a huge grow, like a movement that they're trying to start, like it was in the '60s. Hey, so we gotta dive. We gotta jump into the next one, dude. Let's do it. All right. So the next clip. Now, this is gonna be, this is gonna be sort of a shift in, in sort of the vibe a little bit for sure. Um, and this, yeah. Is a- and hey, you know what? Okay, real quick before before we before we play this, I just want to. So something that I didn't realize about how Robin Pecknold viewed their their self-titled, which again came out in 2008. He says, um, so he was interviewed by Pitchfork in 2011. Or no, I'm sorry, in 2009. So this was in between these albums. Um, they had asked him, uh, how would you say that the new songs you're writing are different from their first album? And Pecknold says, I think they're less poppy. He says, I listened to the first record again, and I was kind of nonplussed. He says, some of it I was into, um, or I could see why we did that at the time, but some of it would we would never, we would just never listen to again. <laughs> he says, so he basically he's saying there's some songs on the first record that he just can't stomach listening to anymore. He thinks that there it was too um, upbeat. So... I just thought that was weird. And like looking back to their debut album, like it's not, I mean, upbeat, sure, but like not in a cheesy way and not in, in a way that I would think would be so cringeworthy to him that he couldn't even listen to it anymore. 
I mean, I think that's just a perfectionist talking, you know? Right. I, mean, yeah. I know that, that he is that way with, 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 with the music and, you know, I can relate too. you know, if I yeah. look at, if I look at something that I, that I coded, you know, five, 10 years ago, it's like, Jesus Christ, what happened? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Of that's course, true. you know, you know, yeah, it's just, I think that's the artist, um, coming out, you know, plenty of people, if you're a creative person and you, and you create things and you know, whether it be like, you know, art, traditional art or, or whatever. It's like you, you're never really satisfied with, with the way that it turns out. Like there's always things you can do to improve on it. And that's probably just what he's going through. And what's funny is like, yeah, if he's, if he's saying that the stuff that they wrote on helplessness blues, uh, was less poppy, the stuff that they wrote on crack up, um, it's the same. Like it's way less poppy. If you way, want to even use that more so word. than helplessness blues. Yeah, dude. Their latest album is is an album that you really do need to listen to all the way through to even understand, like to even appreciate. Um, and that's not the same with Helplessness Blues. Um, yeah, dude, that's just Robin Pecknold as a musician, you know, like um, maturing as a musician. So let's listen to track three, which is our next clip. It's um, it's called Sim Salabim, and we've got a couple clips. Um, Really, it's, I mean, I'm not really separating too much. Like, there's not much that I'm leaving out, really. But there's something that, that happens halfway through the song um, that I wanted to share. So let's listen to the first clip. It's 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 from the beginning of the song, um, and we'll go from there. He was so kind, such a gentleman to the ocean side Light and lay match on the suitcases latch in the fading night of night Ruffled the fur of the collie neath the table Ran out the door through the dark Carved out his initials in the That was all that it took for the dream to break All the loose ends would surround me again In the shape of your face What makes me love you despite the reservations What do I see in your eyes Besides my reflection So yeah, that has one of those moments um, that you hear a lot of in in a Fleet Foxes song, where something just happens and uh, you know it's sort of it it moves you in a way, you know. Yeah, his music a lot of times it 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 moves you, you know, it makes you feel something. I mean, dude, I'll I'll I mean I'm gonna I'll bring it up when we play the clip, but I mean there's a few moments in this album. And it this doesn't happen to me a lot when I'm listening to music, but like it, there's moments that just give like gives me chills. Like yeah, straight I agree. Up, chills. I agree, I agree 100. Um, percent And that's 
that's hard. Like you said, that's hard to do. So when, yeah. And that's not something that it's not something that happens by accident. You know what I mean? Like, right. You can't just be a mediocre musician and, 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 and pull that off. You know what I mean? You have to know what you're doing and you have to know how to, how to structure a song and compose a song and, and, uh, you know, use your, your vocals and like levels and all that kind of stuff. Cause in the, you know, in this first clip that we played, when, when the moment happens, you know, everything just kind of comes in. Yeah. It goes um, right so, along with the lyrics too, you know? Yeah. So I just want to, um, give a shout out to, so one of the members of the band and, and I know for sure that this guy's been with them since the very beginning, because I remember watching this clip on YouTube, uh, with them playing some of their songs from their very first EP, which is like, the early years, I think it was, I mean, it's a self title, but it's not the, it's not their, it's called the fleet foxes EP. It came out in 2006. And I know this guy was in the band at the time. Uh, his name's Skyler. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce his Q, name. He's the guitar player. Well, he's one of the guitar, but he, he's the guy that plays the mandolin. Oh, okay. Um, he's like the guy, like if you're, if you're, if you've seen fleet foxes live, because uh, there's a few members credited for playing mandolin, but this is the guy that that busts out the mandolin and plays it, and he's I'm sure he's the one that played the mandolin in this track. Um, he's been in the band since the beginning. Um, it's him and this, Pecknell that are the founding members, so they're the only yeah. two that have been around. Uh, yeah, okay. since the beginning. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so it's what mandolin and what there's there's a uh, a string instrument like a violin or something, uh, and drums, but that's pretty much it. Like there's not that much going on in in this clip, um, but yeah, what they do with these instruments again, it, it is very moving, um, and it yeah it just kind of pulls on the heartstrings, dude, and let's. Let's play clip two. So the second part of this song is pretty much just a really cool, like build up to this really cool, uh, just guitar. Like it, like this just builds up to this really cool guitar part. And then, and then the song just kind of dies out and it, and then it leads into the next song really. Yeah. uh, uh, Yeah. Um, Another, another great thing about a, a fleet Foxes track is that a lot of times it's, it's got, it's got different parts to it, you know. It's not. It's not going to yeah. follow your standard like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. You know what I mean? Like they have a lot of different. You know, it, again, it's like this guy. This guy composes music. Uh, you know, maybe this is why he gets why the Baroque pop label gets thrown onto it. But like he, he knows how to compose a song. Let's just put it that way. But yeah, let's listen to this next clip here. Call me Delilah, then I wouldn't care. 
sir. And that's how the song ends too. It just kind of fades up. Pretty much, there. yeah. And 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 it just leads right into the next track. Um, God, it's so good, dude. I mean, you you can't not like stomp your feet and just like sway back and you know like yeah yeah it it definitely uh oh yeah so good yeah it's 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 good and and you know I think this might go without saying too but like this is one of those albums that you you really need to um to like spend some time with as far as like listening to it with some good headphones or just you know being alone with it right I mean I think that's yeah. that's true for a lot of Fleet Foxes songs you know you need you need to be able to focus on it and, and really listen to uh the story he's telling and like the things that they're doing with with the music you know it's just one of those albums yeah so um sidetrack real quick dude i don't know if if this is just the difference between no I'm, i was gonna say i don't know if 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 it's the difference between people that would consider themselves music fans versus just like casual listeners of music Uh, i was gonna say that but you know i i know a lot of of people that that are really into music but they don't listen to albums all the way through they just don't like they'll they'll listen to an album and and pick up songs from the album and, and throw them on playlists to listen to later but they won't uh revisit albums uh you know and approach it as like a a uh, an entire piece, you know, to listen to from start to finish. But that's something that I've always, that's what I've always done with music. And I think you can agree. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, a lot of time, you know, of course, I think it depends on the artist and the band. If it, if, if it's a band that, that, that's just putting out a record, um, dictated by a record label, you know, like a really, mainstream band there's sure. there's gonna be it's not gonna have you know hold on let me let me let me try to get my thoughts together here q what i'm saying is like to me i agree with you that like it's just better to listen to an album from start to finish but it depends on the on the artist you know if it's just some mainstream artist where their focus is on the, on the singles and the rest of it is just literally filler. Uh, then it's not going to have the, there's, you know, there's, there are songs that are obviously, you know, well, well, I'm going to skip over that one because it blows. Yeah. And you know what, dude, it's funny because, uh, I mean, duh, like our, our, this entire podcast is dedicated to the songs that aren't singles. Obviously that's what we're all about. Um, yeah. It is worth listening to albums all the way through. The the thing uh, about the thing about people who don't listen to albums all the way through is that they're going to miss the songs that yeah. uh, that aren't singles, and they're going to miss a lot of times songs that are better than the singles. You know, but that's the thing right. you got. You know, you, you it, it depends on the artist. You know, I and feel that, like, dude, and so you know what? Like, let's just say real quick too. Like w- with our generation, right? Like most of us don't listen to the radio, right? You go to Spotify, if you're into an artist, you're going to go to their Spotify page, and a lot of people will just listen to the most popular tracks, right? Because right. Spotify will, will set it up that way, that you can just push play on the most popular songs, and it's just going to play them for you. And that's great, and you know, but you're going to miss out on some really, really great songs um, if you don't give the album a listen all the way through. That's what we're saying, especially with bands like Fleet Foxes. Um, 
bands like Kings of Convenience, um, you know, other other bands that we've covered on this podcast so far, it's worth a listen all the way through, and it's it's worth really dedicating an evening to, you know, or a, a jog through the park or something, you know, throw some earbuds on and just push play at track one and just and just zone out and listen to the album all the way through. Um, yeah, so let's we're dive probably, into we're our probably, next clip. We're probably preaching to the choir on this one, you know, as far as like maybe. If you're Maybe listening you need, to, to if you're seeking out a music podcast, it's probably you know a safe bet to assume that you you're a fan of of music and you understand uh, what we're talking about here. You know, yeah, yeah. So uh, I threw in an extra song um, yesterday. I listened to this album again all the way through yesterday, and we were only going to do three songs on this album, but as I was listening to it again. I just couldn't, I, I couldn't not play uh, this song. Track five on the album, it's called The Plains slash Bitter Dancer. So this is the first time that, that Robin starts to do this um, in his albums, and he does it on their latest album, Crack Up, where I don't know, I, I'm not sure uh, the process behind it, you know, how, how it happens, um, but... He's got two songs that he throws on one track, but I feel like they are two songs, but he puts them together. Um, you know, these yeah, are... Yeah, I think, I think the, the ideas are, 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 are supposed to be kind of joined, you know what I mean? It's yeah. two parts yeah, of the and same I'm, song. Yeah, and I'm not sure how... It's, a, it's like a... It's a movement. It's a, it's a movement, you know? Yeah, so this song... There's, there's, so there's two, there's two parts to this song, um, and it's two, like, distinct ideas i guess you know the first part of this song is really just this really cool like instrumental i mean not it's not only instrumental they also sing but it's really just like um there's no lyrics right but they're singing in this yeah and it starts part. off very very quiet you yeah know? very quietly um and then they start harmonizing um just kind of oohs and ahs right um and then this clip will fade out with the second part of this song called bitter dancer which is like the quote-unquote proper song uh on this track um and i just love i just love the way that that these two ideas combine into one song um it's just i mean we just when you're listening to it it just it gets you man this is one of those moments that that just kind of get your hair standing up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, this is track five. It is the plains slash bitter dancer.
Just as the sand made everything round Just as the tar seeps up from the ground Bearded dancer ever turning So was the day that you Man, I just I just love the way that 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 those two ideas converge or whatever. I don't know how to say. Yeah, it I mean, it's the like... same for a lot of their songs. I mean, the way that this that 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 Robin knows how to how to like you said progress through a song and take you through an idea, you know, and like you know the lyrics, right? Yeah, he says so. So he says, just as the sand made everything round, just as the tar seeps up from the ground, bitter dancer ever turning so was the day that you came to town and that's when like the fucking drums come in dude and like just the the way they harmonize and everything during the song it just it just yeah and listen to the next yeah listen to the next verse dude you took a room and you settled in washed off the chalk from your weathered skin daylight sleeper bloody reaper you took a room and you settled in I just, yeah, yeah, the guy's, I mean, he's a poet, you know, he's poetic. He knows how to use imagery in his, in his lyrics. Uh, and, you know, I think there's, there seems to be a theme too with, with his lyrics of uh, nature, you know, and uh, uh, earth, you know, like earthiness. and Yeah. A lot of times he'll, um... he talks about the ground and, and sand and, and ocean Dude, so, and all that stuff. No, like, like as you're saying this, like I'm, I'm realizing this too, man. Like a lot of times he will find a way to relate, uh, like everyday uh, circumstances with like you know thousand plus year old processes. You know, like he's talking about um, tar seeping up from the ground. Yeah, tar seeping up from the ground. He's, he talks about um, the earth. Yeah, like this, in, in yeah. another another song that we're not going to actually play today. Uh, towards the end of the album, one of the tracks, it's, it's called Blue Spotted Tail. You know, he asks questions like, why in the night sky are the lights hung? Why is the earth moving around the sun? Floating in the vacuum with no purpose, not a one. Why in the night sky are the lights hung? Why is life made only for to end? Why do I do all this waiting then? Why this frightened part of me that's fated to pretend... Why is life made only for to end? You know, like I mean, it's very existential. You know, extremely. Um, and but yeah, like he, he like is being very to, uh, philosophical, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, love yeah, it, dude. Yeah. He's just a, he's just a very reflective guy, man. He just thinks about all yeah, this stuff dude. and, and then it, puts it on paper. I, I think what I appreciate the the most about this album and about Robin Pecknell's lyrics, and you know him just being fully aware of all this is that he knows that these are the kind of lyrics that people around our age can relate to. Um, and he's confident in that enough to basically write a, an entire album. That's, that's nothing but that it, it's nothing but self-reflection, um, you know, for, for a person approaching his, you know, 
finishing up his twenties, right? Like, I mean, the, ir- the irony of the irony of that is that when you listen to, or when you you know, when you look at what what's on the on the radio right now, they're definitely not singing about stuff like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, you're right. You're right. So hey, you know what? Let's just keep the tunes going, man. Yeah. So um, our last song we're gonna play. Um, I'm actually gonna. So we've got two clips. The first clip is going to be the song As You Hear It on the album. And the second clip is going to be from um, their concert at Haldern Pop, which is a music festival that happens in Germany. Um, And this is going to be from the same year that the album released. So um, anyways, one thing about, about Flea Foxes and knowing this now, after listening to to this episode about Robin Pecknold, he is kind of a perfectionist. Um, if you get a chance to see Fleet Foxes, do it because you will, your jaw will be dropped for the majority of of the concert, um, just in in what they can pull off live. And I wanted to kind of share some of that with you. So this is another one of those you know, two song ideas, um, combined, right? So we've got the first half of the song is called the shrine. Um, actually, you know what, dude, (laughs) I'm only playing. So I'm only sharing the shrine part of this song because I guess we should do a little like public service announcement, right? For this album, because something happens in an argument that, for me, I just I don't understand why they did it, uh, and I usually skip over it when it happens. But um, in the second half of this song, during the an argument segment of the song, there's this like what is it, a trumpet or horn? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a little bit uh, it's a it's a little deafening. It's, yeah, and, it, it's hard and to it's, listen they to. did that on purpose. Obviously, they did that on purpose. Sure, yeah. I mean, um, it, it, maybe know, they're it, trying to. It's got to be reflective to, of, of 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 the theme of the song, you know. Right, like that sounds like an argument to me, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, basically, it's just um, the horn. Like, uh, there's a horn that's just going haywire, right? It's not musical at all. Um, but here's the thing: there's two other songs on this album after this song that are worth listening to. So if you get to this part in the song and you can't stomach it, just hit skip. There's two more songs that are worth listening to on this album. Don't give up on it yet. That's my public service announcement. Yeah. So this is just the shrine. Um, I've got two clips. One of them is going to be as you hear it on the album. Second part is going to be a live version. So here's clip one from the shrine. Sunlight, oh 
so dude again like when i first heard this song and i heard him just fucking belt that line um what does he say sunlight over me no matter what i do right yeah dude but then what's what's great about it is he's he is screaming literally screaming that line and then the the very next line is 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 the rest of the band apples in the summer all cold and sweet every day oh, i don't even know what this word means a a, a a pagian complete i don't know what he's saying yeah no but but i know what you're saying like he just like belts out i mean he doesn't hold back um, another thing that we didn't even really get into because we because we have so many clips to share with y'all today I didn't really get into the the backstory behind this, the recording of this album and all that. But like early on, Robin Pecknold's vision of how this album was going to be recorded was he wanted to basically he wanted to use only old uh, equipment, old microphones. He wanted to record everything on tape. Um, You know, he wanted to approach it uh, as retro as possible. And he wanted to keep in mistakes, you know, like he wanted to have all the imperfections and he wanted to just have that, you know, he wanted to just bring you into the studio with him. Um, so their their producer just kind of went along with that for a little bit, but basically he, he scrapped that idea um, pretty early on, like, you know, that's just, it's not going to work that way. Um, you can't have mistakes and imperfections in an album, but that's what Pecknold wanted and that's the idea that he had and when I hear this song I can kind of hear that and and the way that he just screams that line you know like you can hear his voice uh kind of crack in in a you know like if you continue to listen to the song after we faded it out um you know you hear those imperfections and that's what just makes your hair stand up on him when you hear him sing that and like you were saying right from that part it cuts to um, harmonies and really pretty Really sounding. soft and pretty harmonies, yeah. And even the lyrics, dude. Apples in the summer, all gold and sweet, you know? Right. Um, let's, let's go ahead and play clip two. Again, this is going to be uh, the second part of the first half of this song, but this is going to be the live uh, clip from uh, a music festival in Germany. Same year that this album came out, so this is them fresh off releasing this album. This is them touring for this album. And just to give you some context, this is going to be towards the very end of their set. And this was a very long set. They played for over an hour. This is like two or three songs towards the very end of their set. So again, this is The Shrine, clip two. This is a live clip from uh, 2011. Uh, at Haldern Pop Music Festival in Germany.
Yeah, that. I got him. The part of yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's really it's one it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it, it's really hard to describe how powerful that moment is in that song, uh, especially when you hear it live. But I mean, it, it comes across that way on on the actual track too. I mean, you can really yeah. hear um, the emotion coming from from his delivery of the, those lines, you know, like his, his voice yeah. almost cracks a little bit with emotion. Yep. Uh, and it really that it evokes emotion when you hear it, man. I mean, I always get, dude, moved by I mean, that part. look like right now, just thinking back to the song in my mind, yeah. I'm getting chills, right? It's that it's such a powerful moment. I mean, and again, it's like, there might be some people out there that, 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 that are listening to us say this and are like, what, what the hell are they talking about? Like, I didn't feel anything, <laughs> right. but I mean, right. you know, I don't know. There's just something about it. And, uh, it just speaks to what a, what a powerful, like what a impactful songwriter he is. I don't know. I don't know what else Dude, to say. Okay. Let's just read. Okay. I'm just going to read the lyrics. The, the first line in the, in that second part that we played. So he says, in the morning, waking up to terrible sunlight. First off, dude, like, usually when you think of sunlight, you think of, like, positive things, right? Yeah, waking my thought there is that this person, sunlight? this person is depressed and they just want to stay in yeah. bed. And they're like, you know, fuck this yeah, sunlight. Yeah, and he says, all diffuse like skin abuse, the sun is half its size. When you talk, you hardly even look in my eyes. In the morning, in the morning. Yeah, so maybe dude. it's a you know it's a Whew. right. It's people going through a rough patch in a relationship. Uh, yeah, or dude. Something. And then and then the second line. Fuck it, man. I'm just gonna read it. In the doorway, holding every letter that I wrote. In the driveway, pulling away, putting on your coat. In the ocean, washing off my name from your throat. In the morning, in the morning, dude. Something's going down, man. Yeah. Something's going down. There's a breakup. There's something's happening, man. Someone is leaving for maybe the last time that this, you know, this person might not ever see this person again. And this is all happening on a bright, sunny morning, you know? Oh, dude. Yeah. It's, man, it it's, gets uh, me every time, man. Yeah, I love yeah. this song and I love Robin Pecknold. And I love, dude, I only say this about a handful of people. Um, on this earth, dude, I am just grateful that I am, you know, that I am walking this earth with Robin Pecknold, dude, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. I think Robin Pecknold is, is, uh, somebody who's going to be making music for a very long time with or without Fleet Foxes, you know? With, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, here's the thing. I think one of the reasons I was drawn to Fleet Foxes, I think the first, the first song of theirs that I heard um, I think it was, um, it was probably, hold on. Mykonos was yeah. the first Yeah, it was, it was, it was Mykonos and I think you're Which the one Which is on the Sun Giant EP. It. Right. It was Mykonos. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's one of those songs that, um, you just don't hear many songs, at least back in 2011 or I guess 20, 2006, 2007, probably when that came yeah, out. Yeah. That was a long time ago, man. Um, uh, there just weren't many bands that, that made music that sounded like that. And I was just thrilled to be hearing new music that sounded like the stuff that came out in the sixties, because I've always felt that, you know, the sixties had 
songs like this that just had this, these textures and these emotions and, and whatnot that you, you just don't hear anymore. And so, like, I think that's one of the reasons I'm drawn to Fleet Fox. Yeah, so we got to wrap this up, man. This is going to be a long one. Um, that is our take on Fleet Fox's second studio album, Helplessness Blues. One of my favorite bands of all time. I hope we were able to get across the the reasons why we love this band so much. With yeah, I think the songs, the, the clips that we played, I think certainly illustrate just how incredible this album is. There's a lot of songs on here that are, that are much more um, lighthearted too. You know, I think we play more of the serious songs. Yeah. Um, well, you know, so the the intro clip was the the um, title track. The title track, Helplessness Blues, and that's a little bit more upbeat. Same with um, Lorelei, which is a song that I read some lyrics from, but we didn't share. And same with uh, Battery Kenzie. Yeah, so anyways. Yeah, yeah there's dress. some upbeat songs on this album, but we wanted to focus on uh, the more... Um, complex. Complex and like serious and uh, existential songs. Yeah. Because that's what we love about Revan Pecknell and, and, and the lyrics that that he comes up with and the way that he, you know, owns up to, you know, being a millennial, uh, you know, who's got a message to share and knowing that, uh, as a millennial, he knows that we can relate to these like self-reflective, um, lyrics. Um, I think it's, yeah, you know, man. it's not as if we're the first generation to be self-reflective, of course not, of course not. Uh, but anyways, that, that like that was that was something that he uh, kind of owned up to, you know, and like in a lot of interviews around this time. Um, so yeah, that's that's gonna do it for us today. Uh, so our outro uh, for this for this episode is gonna be on an album by Van Morrison. You know the guy that sang Brown Eyed Girl. Uh, this is his second studio album, so this is in the early days, bro. I would think this came up before Brown Eyed Girl. Um, and this is a song, or, I'm sorry, this is an album that Robin Pecknold loves and he holds dear. You know, I, I, he probably puts this up, up in his top ten easily. Um, but he was uh, listening to this album a lot. And, dude, listening to this album, it made me realize that I need to fucking listen to some Van Morrison, dude. Um, good God. This is a beautiful album. Um, I, I'm not going to get into it that much because honestly, I don't know that much about it. Again, this is from Van Morrison. This is his second studio album. It's called Astral Weeks. Came out in 1968. I'm going to play, uh, track three from the album. It's called Sweet Thing. Right off the bat, dude, just listening to his guitar stylings. Um, the stringed instruments that pop up in this song, um, even the lyrics too. Like you can see where uh, Robin, you know, found influence um, in in this album. Uh, so that's gonna do it for us. Uh, as always, real quick, you can always find more information on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. There you can stream our episodes. Uh, you can you can. Uh, Listen to us on SoundCloud and uh, on iTunes as well. Um, check out our show notes on our website. You can find a little bit more about 
about um, the artists and the music that we cover on there. And that's going to do it for us. Check back next week for our sidetrack episode for this um, album and this artist. And um, my name is Quentin. I've got my brother Travis with me as always. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Travis. My name is Quentin. (laughs) See y'all next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 